Hello everyone and welcome to OT Ladies. This is Sarah. Hi everyone. This is Dana. Welcome, welcome. So today episode four is going to be about cash-based services. So basically, you know, an unofficial or official contract where a patient and client, you know, form this relationship and understanding with their practitioner. And in our case, OTs, which we both are. Yes, um, that's actually interesting because um, I don't think so there would be many um, practitioners, occupational therapy OTs out there that they use this system for their business. Mm -hmm. What do you think, Sarah? I think it's a lot, I agree. I think it's a lot less common for occupational therapists When I was looking online, it was a lot more common for physical therapists. There's a podcast, for example, of someone, PT, cash-based. There's a lot of PT research information, uh, not as much OT. So, yeah, what do you think? Yeah, that's that's the same same here. Um, I haven't seen or I'm not uh, familiar. In Southern California, that they're currently using um, this system to see clients. Mm-hmm. Um, there might be some pediatric-based um, occupational therapist in Northern California mm-hmm. that they use um, this model to see um, children. However, for geriatric, I'm not ever of many. Where down I live down where you are. It's a yeah. lot different for me and for our listeners. I'm in the Bay Area in Northern California, which is a, is a very high populous area and a lot of tech and a lot of medical. And there is a lot more cash-based up here. Occupational yeah. therapists as well, there's a drive for it, just having the services available, uh, regardless mm-hmm. of the cost, to be honest, in some cases. Yeah. So there's definitely a drive for more of the cash-based services up here, even for the geriatric population. But like Donna said, definitely always for kids. You know, people will yeah. will put yeah. the extra money in or, you know, extra work or try to find a therapist renowned in XYZ for their child. That seems to okay. be probably always the case everywhere. Yeah. So, so I okay. So, Sarah, what do you think? Um, I I want um, I want to talk about like some advantages and disadvantages of both um, cash based versus um, mm-hmm. insurance based. So, um, do you want me to start with? Yeah, or? you start. Let's talk about the advantages first. So we're going to start with the positive or um, advantages of a cash system um, so first of all I guess um, whatever insurance a clinician is dealing with can be very very frustrating um, so and very uh, difficult to deal with no matter if it's uh, Medicare or it's a uh, PPO or any sort of insurance that a clinician uh, faced with it's not easy to actually use so I guess that's just one of the, the huge uh, limitations that um, insurance base has or offer. And cash base, as a, as a clinician, we don't deal with uh, any of those limitations for sure. Mm-hmm. And we just, we're just free to um, go outside the network and um, we don't have any obligations to choose the frequency of let's say hey a client for three months and i'm not obligated to choose twice a week for four weeks 
or you know like eight weeks or I don't have any limitations I'm free to choose mm -hmm. the, the frequency and duration which is nice oh yeah you don't feel like you have to finish the treatments by eight visits you have to push the patients to kind of like see uh, or meet, meet the goals um, when you're going with the cash base. So this is, this is, I guess, a benefit, right? Mm -hmm. And on the other hand, like when you don't have a limitation, so you are, you are, you know, seeing this patient for, let's say, six months, and it's a better, I would say, income for occupational therapists. Mm -hmm. And um, a little bit of extra work and effort to, I guess, selling your service. So mm -hmm. this way the patient or client can trust you and can pay the cash for what you offer. And of course, I guess you are, you are confident enough to sell your service in the best way, which the, the, the patient can see what you offer and uh, see what, uh, what they can benefit so they can pay you. Mm -hmm. uh, which is like, it's like you're, you're working a little extra to sell that service, but then you have a better income. Yeah. And, um, and then again, you're not dealing with any administration job, like dealing with um, paperwork that you have to, you know, enter the patient's uh, um, information for the sake of insurance. Um, you don't have to wait uh, to get reimbursed by the insurance, so this is all cash. And um, basically it gives you or allow you to have a better um, income, uh, feeling more relaxed to work with your clients and um, see if you can get a better result. So what do you think, Sarah? Yeah, absolutely. I think that there's definitely a lot of positives to it. You know, you're away from this constraining system that you have to do certain things in a certain amount of time. And you really can't cover the whole range of what occupational therapy can offer. Where, as in private pay, you can address all of their occupations. You can, as long as they are progressing, you know, ethically to keep seeing them, then you can keep seeing them. And exactly. you can, yeah, and maybe you don't need eight visits. Maybe you need three, you know, for some of the people that are, are therapists or other practitioners in like skilled nursing facilities, they have the opposite dilemma where sometimes maybe they're being pushed to see someone either too much or not enough. You know, there could be like, you know, pressure for the minutes in that aspect. So all of that is removed. Yeah. It's freeing. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. Mm -hmm. So they're just free. And, um, so oh, and making your own schedule too, I guess, if it's kind of cash based, whether it depends on it, whether it's a clinic or you're going to someone's house or if it's mobile, like OT or some other services, but it's nice that um, there's a little bit more freedom with that. Oh, exactly. Yeah, exactly. So the, as far as the patient's load or client's load, uh, it's kind of like much easier, I guess. You don't have to keep like certain amount of clients a day. Yeah. So um, that's a freedom. That's yeah. great. I think there's a lot of benefits too for the recipient. You know, whether they're a client or patient. You know, depending on the relationship, mm -hmm. right? For for OT, we'd have clients at this level, but. Sometimes, even though it can be expensive to pay out of pocket, you know, it could be anywhere from from kind of the research I did with colleagues trying to look online, both for OT and PT, anywhere from $70 an hour to 150 or more. 
Like that's not oh, uncommon. But even with that, sometimes people's deductibles, if you go in to have a outpatient visit, crazy, $150, $200 visit until you wow. hit your $2,000 family deductible. Well, you know, if you're a single person or you, you know, have a family of three or four, but nobody's really sick, you're going to spend $200 a session going into outpatient yeah. to basically not get to work on the goals that you maybe want to so with this cash pay or you know private pay some kind of private practice thing you can literally yeah. you know have the session the goals that you want and it's accessible exactly. you know not only do you maybe have to not pay all that money to go to a clinic but someone can maybe come to your house whether it's like a home health kind of level or if it's like a mobile kind of clinic or even there's, there's people that in the Bay Area, it's very common to take people for occupational therapy on excursions, like to mm -hmm. the, the, the Santa Cruz beaches and yeah. to rent a, a free accessible wheelchair to basically go down to the beach. It's a really neat service that they have where you can get someone in a wheelchair that's made for the sand for no extra cost. That could be like a social participation, you know, working on a tr functional transfer, going somewhere they want to go, and you're not constrained by anything. So it's it's nice to have that kind of freedom. That's great. And then I no, think I'll too, agree. and then what's covered and what isn't covered, like, I mean, just in the hospital to give an example for anyone that's worked in that setting, like, why isn't a shower chair covered for Medicare or other HMOs like you know if someone needs a walker or even a cane yet yeah. oh it's a not medically necessary to shower you know they're gonna shower and they're gonna fall if they don't have that so it's not about what's covered or what's covered not covered it's about whatever the patient needs in terms of services not equipment but just a thought that came to my mind because there's many things that are essential for enjoyment and then you can get more sessions like like Denna you mentioned you know in yeah. terms of more than eight a person can be going multiple times you know as long as they're progressing to keep getting uh, services to keep getting better there's no uh, number of sessions that a computer system that's reading out someone's insurance benefits is telling them it's awesome exactly so um, for instance um, I had a home health patient today, um, it, it was in a uh, lower back uh, laminectomy mm. patient, which ended up being um, at the hospital for six months due to oh. other complications. So she asked me, okay, so what's the plan? And I said, well, I'm gonna, we're gonna see you twice a week, but um, between two disciplines, PT and um, OT and PT, we only have, both of us, we have a total of eight visits or something like that and then she was like between two and they said well yeah unfortunately for now we only have maybe like four visits or this amount of visits to start and she was very frustrated at that moment that she heard and it was like of course yeah you know I was like you know I don't have any answer to give uh this patient at this moment because it's like I'm limited like it's not like cash base I'm very limited so and just as um, a side for our listeners that don't work in home health is this new for the changes that have went through on yes. 2020 in terms of the legislature on home health billing is this different than last year oh it is very different yeah. 
It is very different. I noticed uh, a huge drop um, of the caseload for occupational therapists. Um, a few friends uh, who are physical therapists, they said that um, there's not many changes with their um, uh, caseload. However, they are very limited as far as how many visits they are receiving. Mm. And then again, um, this is different from agency to agencies. Um, the ones that having different insurances, um, Again, depends on their uh, what kind of insurance, what kind of like where do they live, what county they are, mm. and um, yeah. So this is limiting everybody basically, I guess at this point. Mm. So um, I know it's kind of a, it's a very I, I mean great to start this program, but I think as far as like negatives um, or um, any disadvantages that cash based can have actually for occupational therapists. Um, I believe I was interviewing one of my clients today and I, you know, they said something very interesting. I'm going to quote that. Uh, my client said that um, cash base can be very dangerous. And for a moment, I was like thinking, okay, so how come, how come cash base can get very dangerous for a business? Mm-hmm. And then um, I was questioning them, okay, what, what do you think? Why it can be dangerous? Because they mention okay what does they they ask me this question like what does insurance mean to public like what do you so sarah like how can you define like insurance like what does it mean to people oh that's a good question let's see so oh geez so insurance is basically coverage of services health related yeah. Whether, yeah. you know, if it's health insurance, it's health insurance. If it's vision insurance, it's vision. If it's dental, it's dental. So everything on the umbrella of health. So for us as occupational therapists, it's OTs, but it's PTs, it's speech, it's nurses, it's doctors, it's it's hospital stays, it's home health, it's, you know, more than that. So I think that's kind of a loaded question. Insurance is supposed to cover your medical exactly and that being said i was thinking that insurance maybe means like like a security blanket to some people like reassurance Mm -hmm. you know and i was thinking to myself when someone has insurance might have this feeling like of okay i'm being i'm feeling secure that if something happens and they need occupational therapy, I straight go to my insurance and use it. Mm-hmm. Versus when someone doesn't have that insurance and say, okay, so what happens to the bills and all that. So that being said, um, I guess insurance is is it's like a safety blanket for so many people or just for the society. And, and what the patient means that without insurance, it can get things can go really wrong sometimes and calling that uh, dangerous maybe that means not everybody that is going cash based can give this cannot assure the patient that everything's going well you know what i'm saying no assurance that uh, because when we don't use insurance we might not actually use a documentation system right maybe a therapist is not using anything and i feel like too uh insurance is like okay you're under the umbrella of this person is supposed to provide 
these XYZ services, you know, this set service. And if yeah. they are not under that umbrella of insurance, then it's kind of could be the Wild West. You know, what, what are they doing here? And I think it kind of depends on, well, and of course, socioeconomic status. You know, someone that's well off, they're going to do their research. They're going to find someone possibly themselves and pay them out of pocket. But the, the average person, you know, does feel comforted by insurance. And if they're paying for insurance, they want what they're paying for to be covered right 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 so yeah that would definitely be uh, a negative for a medical practitioner of any kind whether you're an ot or anything else like you know hey pay me out of pocket for 150 dollars when you could sort of get something like this in a clinic but you know i, I mean advocating for what your services could do yeah and i think one other thing about cash base uh which is a negative thing about it um there is no way to track how the patient is making goals and if it's progressing or not because the therapist can feel not using any sort of documentation system right because it's a freedom so it's a it is a freedom, freedom but everything that i like the people that i know up here that are cash based they all document and I think that if okay. you, you are doing cash-based services, you still got to document. You got to have your record somewhere in a confidential place, locked up, you know, all the stuff that normally a business would do for you. And then at that point, it does become an ethical thing because if the person isn't progressing with your documentation, you have right. to have that hard conversation with them that, hey, I know you're paying me cash, but ethically, I can't keep right. seeing you as a, as a therapist or a practitioner or whatever, whatever you are. So yeah. that is kind of the negative conversation where typically if you're in a in some kind of clinic, whether it's, you know, outpatient or home health or if you're not making progress, okay, well, you know, uh, the, the site, the yeah. insurance... Uncle Sam, you know, they're not going to cover this anymore. But, but yeah, but when you're cash based, it's like, I'm going to stop coming. So it's a little bit more difficult, I would say, is to cut the ties. But I think you do have to, it's, it's very important to document regardless of your setting or the, the, the way you're obtaining funds for your services, you, you have to, to show that progress. Um, Okay. And also, like, what if you you get audited or uh, some kind of form of That's someone true. coming back and saying, "Why are you seeing this person still?" And, and I think, to tell you the truth, that is a negative of the therapists up here. Mm -hmm. There's some some shady things going on where people exactly. should be discharged, yeah. but they're getting paid two hundred dollars an hour, minimum of two hours, and yeah. the people up in the bay have money and they know that um so not any particular therapist i know but we know what happens we've yeah. all heard stories so you got to be careful that's that's why i i think it means like everything going it can be dangerous because yeah, that's fair what if someone is taking advantage of you know this cash system and um We'll, we'll, we'll say, okay, the therapist documents everything perfectly. But what if something goes wrong and um, when there is no proof of the insurance and everything, how, how the therapist, how that clinician can kind of like cover herself? I, I know there are different, you know, malpractice insurances and all that. 
Mm-hmm. But I guess I would still think like having a health uh, care system or with the insurance that runs with an insurance can cover both sides. Yeah. Um, I mean, I don't know. What do you think? No, I it- agree. That could cover you yeah. that way. I mean, if you have a clinic, you're paying for that out of pocket yourself. If you're driving to someone's house, you're you're not getting reimbursed for your miles. You're a yeah. mobile clinic that, you know, maybe you have a, a trailer that you do some, some clinic practice in. You're not getting paid for that. So there's that cost. There's doing your documentation yourself without a system. And then Gosh. there's taxes at the end of the year. Oh, for you know, sure. Yeah. As, you know, the year rolls around, we all know how taxes are great fun. And if you're not, you. and no, if you're not paying them all along, you're going to have to <laughs> definitely set aside money to give a big chunk of that to the government sure. so and the state sure. so just yeah. that in the united states we have that issue uh, oh. but there's pay, there's cash practices in, like in south america when we were looking at that article and there's places yeah. in the world especially where like occupational therapy isn't developed that gets cash based only you know it's like oh you go to the community or you're given gifts for coming in some rural areas you know that's that's your form of payment yeah, so it's a little bit different um, in, in the United States. You know, we're so limited by insurance that, you know, to the extent that I know other areas are not so much, but that's oh, our yeah. big dilemma. So cash base does yes. free you from that. I'm sure, yeah. I'm sure in other European countries, Middle Eastern countries, or um, it's, it's kind of different, definitely Middle Eastern countries. Um, insurance is basically very free um, for everybody. So is there cash-based stuff where you come from, or is that really not needed because it sounds like it's more free? It's not very much needed um, because it's pretty much like free. However, if um, people cannot even afford that, then um, um, kind of like it gets, I mean, I don't know if they don't have jobs that can, you know, have insurance through their jobs then they might go cash-based, but then again, the rates are very low, um, especially, um, I know, for areas that cannot afford, but they can still have services. It's mm. like, it's not that expensive. Like, it's just low charges for everybody. Mm. I guess OTs might not make a very good income versus, you know, somewhere in the United States. So um, I have a question for you, Sarah, yeah. you, um, or for everybody's listening to us. Um, so why why cash base can be very confusing um, for a clinician who uh, might have a contract with Medicare? And um, so if someone has a contract with Medicare, can see the client, the patient's cash base, if the patient also has Medicare or no, should always go with the... So this is really confusing, and I feel like what I've read and I've learned is that if an AOTA says this on their website, so that's the American Occupational Therapy Association, they have a private practice page, and it's it's a short little snippet that's basically like, before you decide to bill for cash, make sure that there isn't another option for a person. So that's the first thing. No, make sure there's not another way a person can get your services. Yeah. And even with like Medicare, it's it, it adds a whole other layer of, well, if you're a Medicare provider, so you've 
filled out your paperwork, then you can't accept cash from a Medicare beneficiary right. for covered Medicare services. But okay. if what you're doing doesn't fall under Medicare services, so <laughs> wellness, social participation, mm -hmm. some other occupations that OTs do, for example, then you're all good. You can do it. So there's that. Okay. And then, of course, at the end of the day, stuff we've both, Den and I, been hinting on, if someone mm -hmm. isn't progressing, you can't just keep getting money from them. There's the oh, ethical wow. dilemma, right? So at the end of the day, sure, yeah. you're, you're you know, cash-based, but you still are an OT or another healthcare provider, if that's who you are. And you yeah. can't just keep billing someone, whether it's cash or not, if they're not progressing. You know, you exactly. got to have that hard talk that's even more hard when it's your own business. But that's oh, the course. way it is. That's the that's way not it is. Right. Exactly. Exactly. No, and then regarding that, um, I just, um, I remember that we were talking about on one of our, we're going to talk about um, a sort of OT program that is very leisure based. So it's um, doing occupational therapy for adults who are based in, based on activities that can be done outside the clinic. It's mm -hmm. like taking someone to, for instance, a hike, um, you know, and work with them. And that's kind of, can be some occupational therapy. Mm -hmm. um, that's something that I guess we definitely want to talk about it in the future episodes. And then we can um, briefly mention um, the paying systems on that, like cash-based versus health insurance. Mm -hmm. Because um, I know when you mentioned some programs like a wellness and social participations, they're kind of not being reimbursed by insurance or Medicare. So that's something that cash-based model really can help with us. Yeah, but it's a fine line. You can't just bill for anything. So I think that kind of what also makes it confusing for any provider or patient is like, where do you start? Like, how does a patient go? Like, how am I going to find an OT or PT or speech to come to my house and do this specific service they want? And then for a provider, like, okay, how do I start legally? What what do I research? How do I, there's so much information and it's like, especially for OT, that's not really a lot of therapists do it, but there is one that I'll mention mm -hmm. now. So I was kind of perusing the internet yeah. and I found this interesting video. Of course it was called the cash PT lunch hour, but there mm -hmm. was a guest speaker, Vanessa Fox, that's an OT. And I thought it was really interesting because she is a hospital pediatric therapist that transitioned to basically a private practice. And she shared nice. her story from like high productivity to having constraints of the system, which is all stuff we've already kind of talked about earlier in this podcast. Right. But now yeah. she created this cash-based peds practice in Florida and she has like her own sensory gym and a Aww, pool. And it's, it's exciting to see like an OT take on not only a cash-based practice, but her own business. And that's kind of what Denna was definitely leading the talk about last time, a couple times ago. Wow. And, and just the idea of creating your own business. And sometimes they go hand in hand. Like a lot of therapists that I know, for example, there is a pediatric clinic that's a couple blocks down from me that I did a research project in school with. And she created her own business and she started cash-based only. She went to wow. people's houses, she started that, and then she opened her own clinic. 
and then she continued to be cash based only but as she grew she got more therapists Uh she got a pt she got a speech she decided to start getting Mm -hmm. into insurance and i think as your business grows that becomes part of it but when you're just a one man or one girl show and you're you're running this you know cash based is easy so i think that's where it starts that's i totally agree with you and um, my experience actually i'm going to briefly mention that um a few months ago, I actually reached out a few outpatient clinics um, locally here. Oh, and I just want to know about what is the rate of occupational therapy evaluation, just the first um, visit. And as I asked them, okay, so um, I, if I don't have insurance, how much is an OT evaluation? And then the number was quite kind of high to me. So I don't know if if that's, that's the fixed amount that... It, all clinics here have. What was it? Um, to be honest with you, a few. Actually, I called two of them. Uh, one of them, they uh, didn't. It was a little shady, so I, I wasn't happy with. It. <laughs> the second one, okay. it was. It, it's about one fifty dollars for evaluation, mm-hmm. and then for any follow, which is to me, which is high, which is a high price. To if if I want to pay like. $150 for my OT email. I don't know if I want to do it. <laughs> so, um, and then I have four follow-ups. It's like a $120, which is to me, um, it's quite high. I know that they say, hey, uh, you have to know the value of your services as an OT. I totally understand that. But I'm still like thinking um, this number could be high. It could be high. It but, could definitely yeah. keep people away from getting your services. But exactly, I think from the time that I, so I worked with Denna as an aide before I was a therapist. So I've known Denna forever. And I feel like I remember looking at our billing of our clinic back then. And oh I feel God. like it, Denna was $150 for an eval. I'm pretty sure. So someone out in the podcast is probably going to either agree or point me out wrong, but I feel like it was 150 for an eval. So yeah. I don't think that's that's uh, outlandish compared to what an insurance company gets billed. That's and right. I think it's yeah. easy to undervalue our services oh, yeah. or ourselves in general. So I think that's it's, right, though, 150. I don't know about the treatment, but I feel like 150, that, that number. And that's when I cited, too, a lot of our cash-based OTs up in, in uh, Northern California Bay Area. It's 150 yeah. eval. Wow. So they're getting that. That's, that's the ballpark number to start. So I'm getting yeah. that number from somewhere. And I think yeah. it is what insurance would pay. Wow. Well, yeah, it's very different from the home health. If you are doing a contractor job for home health, that's totally um, different. The home mm-hmm. health is basically very low that we can talk about that later, maybe in our future podcast. Mm-hmm. That's great. Well, I'm, I feel that um, I really learned a lot uh, from you, Sarah. Thanks for yeah, me too. I learned from um, you. having this episode together. That was awesome. Yeah. So, um, um, I want everybody listening to our podcast, feel free to leave a comment. And um, if you are listening, um, leave us a comment. And if you need to reach us, um, Sarah and I, um, we are here to answer questions. And um, if you want to actually have an interview with us, feel free to um, reach out to Sarah and I. We'll be glad to interview you. 
for the future episodes. So I want Sarah to end our podcast with a quote for tonight. Um, it's from Christopher Reeve. Um, Once you choose hope, anything is possible. I love that. Love it. Yeah. Thank you, Zana. Wonderful chatting with you. Yeah. Thank you, Sarah. Thanks for having me tonight. Have a great night, everybody. All right. Thank you, everyone. Yeah, bye. Bye. bye.